We're beginning a four-part series today called Not Ashamed, Not Ashamed. And it's based out of Romans chapter 1, verse 16, and where Paul the Apostle, the great apostle of our faith, declared in Romans 1, verse 16, he says this, For I am not ashamed. Everybody say, not ashamed. Oh, come on, say it like you believe it now. I'm not ashamed. I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. For it is the power of God to salvation. And Paul understood that the gospel meant power. Paul understood it. If you know the story of Paul, whose name actually was Saul, he had a power encounter with God that changed his life. He met God on the road to Damascus. If you know the story, Paul was the persecutor of Christians. He in fact, was there at the time of the first stoning of the martyr. They were all around, and, and, and Stephen was getting stoned. And, of course, getting stoned back in those days means quite different to what getting stoned means uh, these days, just so to make that clear. And, and, and he was there. Stephen was getting stoned, and there was Paul the apostle. He was right there in that moment. They laid their coats. He was looking after the people's coats as he was getting stoned. He so hated the church, he so hated the gospel, he so hated everything it stood for that he sought permission to go to other cities, round up Christians, throw them in jail, persecute them, and take them out. That was Paul. But we know as he was heading to Damascus on a mission to do that, on a mission to get rid of the church, to see it destroyed, we know that he had an empower encounter with God. And God turned his life around. In that power encounter, he saw a bright light and heard a voice, Saul, why do you persecute me? And he's like, who is this? Who is? Because that's kind of freaky if you're riding on your, I don't know if you've ever been in the car and suddenly, voices start saying, that's what it was like. It knocked him off his horse. The bright light uh, uh, was there and, and, and he's like, it's Jesus. You're persecuting me, Paul. That turned his life around, changed everything thing for him. That's what the power of God can do. That's what the power of God can do in your life, because here's what it did. The power of God made the persecutor a preacher. Come on, and he became a power. The persecutor became a preacher and changed the world as we know it. So Paul understood the power of the gospel, its ability to change a life, to turn it around, a life that's heading in that direction and to turn it around to face the other direction, to go in the total opposite way. And that's why he was able to say, I'm not ashamed of this gospel, for it is the power of God. I've experienced it. I've seen it. And I know right here among this auditorium and all of our services, there'll be people, if you would hear their story, that tell you how on that time when I was so low and so desperate and I cried out to God and he met me in that place and turned my life around. Can I see a show of hands if God's turned your life around? He meets us in that moment. It's the power of God to salvation. Listen, for everyone, you might be thinking here today, it's not for me, pastor. It's not for me. I want to tell you the power of this gospel, it is available for everyone. Oh man, you don't know what I'm like. I don't know what you're like, but God does. And he's telling you he's available for everyone. If you would cry out to him and say, come and change my life, he will do it. He will do it. 
He's not looking at what you've done wrong. The gospel is all about what he's done right and that he's made a way where there seemed to be no way. It doesn't matter how bad you are. It doesn't matter how rough you've lived life. Friends, I want to tell you there is a God in heaven who loves you. He loves you and has given his life for you. He's exchanged our death for his life. He's taken on our death that we might live his life through us. And it's not just a life, it's an abundant life available for us. If we would only receive and walk in it. It is for everyone. But everybody say everyone. Everyone. Tap your neighbor and say, even you, even you can be saved. Come on. Everyone who believes, for the Jew first and also for the Greek or for the Gentile or for anyone, here's why. For in it, in what? In the gospel, the righteousness of God is revealed. From faith to faith, as it is written, the just shall live by faith. What's it saying? It's saying that in the gospel is found a righteousness that comes from God. What does that mean? You can never earn it. You can never buy it. You can never never pay for it. It's free and available to you. God's gifted it to you. It's a free gift. It's up to us to receive that which God has made available for us. It's a righteousness that comes from God. That's why it says, seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness. Not our own, His righteousness. We need His righteousness. Our own righteousness like filthy rags, the Bible says. We must seek after His, His righteousness. We must be people of faith. That's when God turned my life around and changed me as a power as a power encounter in a meeting just like this, I, I turned up there and you've got to understand what I was like. You've got to understand I'm not this handsome, nice looking person that you're looking at uh, uh, now. I mean, I was just like the, I was going to say my jeans were all ripped, but that's just normal these days. But back in those days, even there you see Pastor Neil's wearing ripped jeans. Yo, yo, what's up? He's stepped it up to the next level. You pay more for ripped jeans these days, but... But I want to I tell you, I want to I tell you, I, I, was, I was a mess in my life. Brendan Parada back there, he knows my, my life, what I was like. I was one of the bros. And I, I, was, I, I was trouble. I was trouble, but I had an encounter with God. I was tough on the outside, but weak on the inside. I needed God, and I came into a meeting like this. They said, does anyone need to give their life to Jesus? And at that meeting, I cried out to God. This big, tough guy was weeping like a baby. I've never done that since, but... <laughs> but he changed and turned my life around and he can turn your life around today if only you would say yes to him there is power in the name of Jesus so we're headed into this four part series about being not ashamed and so today's really an introductory type of thing I'm just sort of laying the foundation I guess for what I want to do over these next four weeks and I want to encourage you not to miss one of them but can I just say this as we begin? Have you ever had an awkward gospel moment? What do I mean by an awkward gospel moment? A moment where the message has come out and it didn't come out how you thought it would or should or could have. Or maybe it's in a situation where it's like, okay, this is kind of weird how it comes out. We had one of those quite recently. Anita and I, as you know, were in America just a few weeks ago. And while we were in Victoria, Texas, we had an opportunity to uh, Jim and Tamara uh, said, got a great church there. Like I said, one in every 20 uh, people in that town go to their church. They've got 3,840 people on a weekend. So they know a lot of people in the city. 
But they took us to the fanciest restaurant in Victoria, Texas. The fanciest. It was up on the 12th floor. We went in. We came, you go into a lobby. Before you even go into the restaurant, it's got a lobby. And the lady's very fancy as she comes down. Hello, good, good afternoon or good evening or whatever it was. I had a toothache. It was so painful. I was just smiling. But she, she, she said, like, good, good evening. What would you do? Table for da, 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 da. Yep, yep, yep. And uh, I was looking out the view. The view was amazing. So we're 12 floors up. Uh, Texas are like flat for like uh, for, forever. And so I'm looking out, and it was just flat. And I was going, like, that's good. And then they said, come with us, and please, we'll take you to your table. We went in, and as we walked into this room, every single table was taken up except our one. Fanciest restaurant in town. But I, got, I went to build the picture here. Every single person there is in a tuxedo, all the guys. They were all in tuxedos, and of course I had forgotten my tuxedo back here. I don't even have a tuxedo, and so I hadn't tucked it away. But the, the, uh, that's a little joke. Okay, didn't work all right. <laughs> that's the most response I've had the whole message so far. <laughs> no? But the, 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 the thing is, uh, uh, everyone's flash, and I want to tell you, the girls... They look like amazing. They're wearing their best, best. They had their best, best makeup on, their best, 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 best high. I don't know how you girls walk in those shoes. Uh, so they had their shoes on, and they, they, you know, were five inches off the ground. And, and, and so they look so pretty. And it, like, it's just amazing. I was like, man, why is everybody dressed so amazing? This is how everybody dresses in Victoria all the time. I, and, and, and we found out, no, it's their prom night. It's their prom night. So and that's like, you know, so this was their pre-ball stuff. They're all having this amazing meal and this flash, fine, you know, what, what do you call it? Fine, fancy food, you know, uh, Fine dining, fine dining, that's what it was. So, so they're all fine dining before this um, whole, whole thing goes off. And so we're there, great atmosphere. About halfway into the night, this guy walks in and he comes in. He goes to the grand piano that's sitting there. And he starts playing. Now Jim, he looks across the room and he sees this guy and he goes, I know that guy. I know that guy. He used to come to church. He was a, I think, remember he's, uh, he's like really into last days or whatever, wanted me to hide away and all this type of stuff and, you know, um, stuff. But he said, I better go and say hello to him. And so anyway, he gets up off the table and he goes over to the guy at the grand piano. He's playing ding, 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 ding. And the guy sees him. He hadn't seen him before because he plays the whole time like this. He would just closed his eyes and he was playing. He opens his eyes. He goes, Jim, how are you? Haven't seen you, brother. Really loud. And everybody, of course, turns <laughs> to the room. So they're looking at him. They're looking at Jim. So he's talking. Tamara, who was sitting with, says, I better go over and say hello to them as well. And so she gets up and she's like, Tamara. <laughs> so they're, they're, they're doing like this. Then he comes over to us. Jim brings him over. And he's like, this is so-and-so. And like, well, nice to meet you. Nice to meet you. And da, 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 shake hands. And, then, and then, then Jim says to me, he wants to play a song for you. Do a request. And of course, I'm, I'm just thinking, I just I can't think of a song. I can't think of a song right now, okay? Remember, I had the toothache, it's going on, the jet lag, the song. I, I can't think of a song. And then Jim says this, oh, just do a Keith Green song. Anybody here know Keith Green, who Keith Green is? There's a few people. Well, Keith Green, just to explain, Keith Green was one of the most prolific songwriters or Christian songwriter, great, fantastic musician, friend of many, uh, if you like, secular musicians, because he was such an amazing piano player. He was actually killed when he was about 28 years old in a plane crash with his, uh, a couple of his kids. Real painful, painful story. He's, got, he's written a book, or his uh, uh, wife has written a book called No Compromise. Very powerful, very powerful book. 
But Keith Green had a prophetic nature. So he's written songs like you might have sung them if you've been a Christian for a while. You might have sung, Create in me a clean heart, oh God, and renew a right, or Oh Lord, you're beautiful. He wrote those songs. But he also used to write songs that were like quite sort of cutting and sort of punch you in the face uh, type, of, type of songs. Because he was a prophetic guy, and so he'd, he'd stir up the church, and he'd say things that would insult people and, and, and stuff like that. He had a ministry called Last Days Ministry, and he used to uh, uh, preach it. And so, anyway, so, so just let's do a Keith Green song, because he's from Texas and all that. And remember, a lot of people in Texas understand what church is and stuff. It's Bible Belt, you know, it's in that, it's, it's in that place. And so he says, okay, I'll do, uh, Keith Green, I'll do uh, uh, a sleep in the light. I'll do a sleep in the light. And I couldn't remember what that was, but I was like, okay, fine. Anyway, so he goes back to his piano and he's like, jing, 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 jing. And then he did something that he hadn't done the entire night. He did something that we were not expecting because he's been playing instrumental. He suddenly started on prom night in the middle of the fanciest restaurant, 12 stories up in town with a beautiful view of Victoria, he started to sing. He started to sing the song. We weren't expecting that. And so he starts to sing with every ounce of passion that he has. It was just, you could see, he was just flowing. And I, I want to tell you, this became an awkward gospel moment. Because he started singing this, Asleep in the Light. Do you see? Do you see all the people sinking down? Don't you care? Don't you care? Are you going to let them drown? Now you can see, now I was just looking out the window. I was just, uh, lovely view. Jim was opposite. He was going all colors of red and whatever. Because again, everybody dressed in their tuxedos and proms who was having a great night suddenly hears this. Don't you care? Don't you care? And they're like, why have you requested that song? What are you trying to, what are you trying to do? It says, how can you be so numb not to care if they come? You close your eyes and pretend the job's done. Bless me, Lord. Bless me, Lord. You know, that's all I ever hear. No one aches. No one hurts. No one even sheds a tear. You can see how this was getting awkward. But he cries. He weeps. He bleeds. And he cares for your needs. And you just lay back and keep soaking it in. Ooh, ouch. Oh, can't you see? It's such... Sin! It's getting awkwarder all the time. Even some of you now are feeling quite awkward. You, you, can feel the, you can feel it. It says, open up, open up, and give yourself away. You see the need, you hear the cries, so how can you delay? He told you to speak, but you keep holding it in. Oh, can't you see? It's such sin. The world is sleeping in the dark. The church just can't fight because it's asleep in the light. How can you be so dead when you've been so well fed? Jesus rose from the grave and you can't even get out of bed. I know every inch of Victoria as I looked out that window and I knew where every street, street is. But I want to tell you, that was an awkward gospel moment. A very awkward gospel moment. I want to say to you today that I am not ashamed and have never been ashamed of the gospel. Well, I might have been embarrassed by it <laughs> slightly. Not so much embarrassed by the gospel, but embarrassed by the presentation of the gospel. 
embarrassed how it was perhaps communicated. Could it have been communicated in a different way? One of the things that we were doing when we were in the States was uh, the Super Bowl was on, and so that's like America's biggest event, Super Bowl Sunday. They have events leading up to it all week, all week, all week. And so one of the things we did, I think it was on the Saturday, we went to what's called the Super Bowl uh, party or town uh, in a place called Discovery Green, right in the center of Houston. We said, let's go and experience some NFL and just see what is going on. And so we did that. We drove there. In fact, I didn't know how we're going to get a park because like thousands of people go there. But as we turned into a petrol station and we just saw a gas station and we started filling up with gas, I saw this little Chinese man waving a flag and I thought, I wonder if he's asking people to park here. He was parking everyone on the forecourt. They didn't care about selling gas. They just want to fill the thing <laughs> with park. So I drove over to him and I said, buddy, why are you waving the flag? He was like, so you can park. 20 bucks, stands on. I was like, but done, we're parking. So he ended up parking us in front of the pump and stuff and we just left our car there and I was just hoping it would still be there when we when we came back. And so we were just found out we we're just minutes away. So we went into the, the NFL experience and, and just, I mean, it was crazy. We got straight in. But as we we're gathering, 50,000 people were coming into that, uh, that event. We walked straight in. We had a look around for about an hour. And then I said, well, this is all we've uh, sort, of, sort of done there. And they were, they were having concerts. And I think uh, the band ZZ Top or something was going to play. I said, let's go. I, I, I never listened to that kind of man. But then we, we thought, well, let's come back later and see what they're doing. And, uh, um, but we went out, and by the way, we never got back in. It was just packed to thousands. But as we went out and we started to listen to um, uh, out in the streets and see Houston, we found on the first corner there were some preachers. We found on the second corner there were some preachers. We found on the third corner there were some preachers, and all of these preachers were yelling at people, telling everybody, you're going to hell! God hates you! This and naming this person, I'm thinking, woo, seriously, I'm a pastor. I thought it loved me. <laughs> I don't know what I believe. No, I just... So they were going like hard out, and then we go to a. It was a little quite intimidating, wasn't it? So I'm like, I'm trying, they're in your face, yelling and and screaming, and then there'd be another guy down the road, and that guy's protesting against that guy, and these guys are arguing uh, back and back and forth, and and uh, again, I, I the reality is, is I I started looking at the people's faces who were there. And maybe in America, I, I wasn't used to it, but I think for a lot of people, they're used to it and they're just numb. They're just pretending it's not there. They're not even listening to what is being said. And these guys are out yelling. They've got placards to say all kinds of nasty things, to be honest. And I'm sitting there going, look at the people. It was, it was very heavy, wasn't it, for, uh, for us? It's actually even scary how volatile uh, the situation, and, and that you had anti-Trump protests and all types of things. It was a, it was a very... Um, uh, highly inflammable uh, uh, situation. And so, so it was getting quite a thing, but I, I was just disturbed as I watched the people. As I watched the people, just they were disconnected to the, the message. They weren't hearing anything that's been said. They were just shutting it down. Not because necessarily they didn't like the message, but it was the way it was being presented. Friend, I want to say I'm not ashamed of the gospel, but I have been embarrassed at some of the ways we as a church can present this message. And so a part of this series, what I want to do is use this time that we have together over these next four weeks to, to help us understand what is this gospel and how can we bring it to a place or present it to a world that they might understand it and receive it. 
Because although those people were hearing the message, I don't think they were rejecting the message. They were rejecting the way it was coming across, the way it was being shared, the way it was being presented. But here's the thing. This whole, don't start playing just quite yet, guys. Boy, that went quick. Woo, Lord Jesus. I'm, I'm preaching. Yet the truth is, the Word of God must be preached. The Word of God must be shared. In fact, the Bible compels us to do so. Especially if we would call ourselves here, if you're not a follower of Jesus here today, I mean, that's not on you, but if you're here today and you say, I'm a follower of Christ, I'm a disciple of Jesus, then His Word compels us to be ones who would share our faith. His Word compels us to be people who would share this life-changing message. His Word tells us to not be ashamed of this message and to present it and share it to a hurting world. He asked us to do it. Jesus said in Matthew 5, verse 14, he said, You are the light of the world. A town on a hill cannot, built on a hill cannot be hidden. Friends, Jesus died for us publicly so we wouldn't live for him privately. Can I hear an amen? Not to hide it away, but to share it and to be a light in a dark world. Jesus said as we we do that in Acts chapter 1, verse 8. He said, you, as you do that, you will receive power. When you do that, you receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses, not, not just in Jerusalem, but in all Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. And guess what? We're in the ends of the earth. He's calling us to be witnesses and to be ones who would share the message of God's redemptive power. The ones who would share uh, uh, that, 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 that if your heart is broken, He's a God who can give you a new heart. The one who can share that if, if there's stuff in your life that you, you're needing deliverance from, that He is your uh, deliverer. If you need redemption, He is your redeemer. In Mark chapter 16, verse 15, Jesus said, Go into all the world and preach the gospel to all creation, to everybody, to every ethnos, to every group, to every tribe and tongue. You know, everything in the Bible is written for us, but not necessarily to us. But this is. This is to us. This calls for a response. And if we're to preach... The gospel, we need to be ones who know what the gospel is. What is the gospel? The reality is, I think for many Christians today, if you were to ask them, they would go, I don't know. They would say, Pastor, I want to share the gospel, but I don't know how to share the gospel. I don't know what it is. What is the gospel? And part of what we want to do in this series is not just to... Uh, 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 inspire you to go out and share and just go, yeah, but to make sure you have at least some knowledge and, and the ability to know what it is that I need to be sharing. How can I let people know? Because again, in the gospel, there's some tough stuff. How many know? The gospel is not designed to be a pep talk. It's not designed to go, pick me up, yoo-hoo. 
It's to confront us with our human condition that all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, that the gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus. The gospel is confronting in its very content. Why? Because it's designed to save us. We need to be rescued. So the gospel is never meant to be uh, something that makes you feel warm and fuzzy. It's to confront our human condition and to turn our lives around. But, but, but friends, we've got to present it in a way that people can receive it and understand it. Because here's the thing. Those people at the Super Bowl weren't rejecting the message. They were reje- rejecting the way it was presented. They hadn't even heard the message. I want people, and here's the truth, my friends. There are people who will reject the gospel. There are people who give us the middle finger of fellowship. They'll say, no, I don't want this thing. I'm not interested, but my heart is at least they'd be informed about what the gospel is and not be making that decision based on some presentation that they found offensive. We've got to understand, and that's what I want to do, and this is our introduction today as we start the series, Not Ashamed. Especially if we are going to be ones as a church who connect, oh yes, you can start playing. If we're going to, as a, as a church, be ones who connect people to Jesus and help them find their purpose. We, we can't just say, well, well, we'll get them in touch with Pastor Neil. He knows the gospel. Each one of us wants to be ministers of God. Each one of us, come on, from the front to the back, should be ones who are able to take the gospel, share it, and, and pass it on. Each of us should be people who, when someone says, man, i just got a pain in my ear, you should be able to turn around and say, in the name of Jesus, be healed. Each one of us should be one of those, uh, those people, not relying, if you like, on the spiritual professionals to uh, do the job. Each one of us should be light bearers wherever we are, in your college and in your work. Yeah, you should get excited about that. I, I know it might be stressing some out. I know you might be sitting there thinking, man, how can, I, how can I do that? But he's called you to do it. Not only that, he said, as you do it in Matthew, he said, as you do it, Matthew 28, I will low, I will be with you always, even till the end of the age. As you step out, as you trust him to use you wherever you are, wherever you find yourself, will be with you. Don't don't understand, you're not doing it alone. God loves that stuff. When we do it, His presence, He walks with us as we go. He is with us. Sometimes we want God to be with us and then we'll go. We want to know that, God, are you you, you there? But I want to tell you, the way God works is sometimes we've got to step out. Come on, somebody. The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. And as we step out, then He goes with us. We respond in faith. So I know people will reject the gospel, and I don't want them to reject the presentation of it. They can reject the message. You can go, no, I don't, I don't want, but at least let us be ones who can communicate the message and share it clearly with people. Because this message is powerful. I know that because I, I look at lives that are changed here right throughout the New, New Zealand just in New Life alone 10,000 people who would say God's touched my life right across New Zealand thousands of churches with thousands of people and right across the world China now the church is growing faster and is now bigger than the Communist Party 
there because God is doing a powerful, powerful thing. So I'm not ashamed of this gospel because it is the power of God to, to change lives. Because I've seen it in my life and I've seen it in your life. His gospel change. Oh, it doesn't mean we're perfect. Doesn't mean we have it all together. Doesn't mean we've got everything sorted out because how many know that's why we need we need Jesus. None of us here, if you I mean if you say I've got it all together, there's a problem right there. You need help. If we could do it ourselves, we wouldn't need him. But we can't do it. But his gospel has the power to change our life. He can make our mess his message. Turn lives around. That's why I'm not ashamed. I'm not ashamed because he, I, I know he can change lives. Anita was walking, walking through New World this week and this lady yells out to her, excuse me, are you Grace's mom? Are you Grace's mom? And Anita's like, shall I answer that? Or no, <laughs> what's she gonna say? She's like, are you Grace's mom? She's like, yes, I am. And she said, I wanna just tell you, since our daughter's been coming to church, her life has changed. I just want to thank you. You know, when she was first coming to church, we thought, and they don't go to church. They're, 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 they're unbelievers. So this is, this is stopped in, in New World. I mean, they're stopped to say, my daughter has changed. She's coming. I don't know what it is and what God has done and that. But can I just tell you, when she first came in, I was a bit apprehensive. I was a bit nervous. I was like, what's this cult? What's this thing? What, what is it that she's doing? Always wanting to go to church all the time. And, 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 but, but can I just say thank you? For what you've done. I know about you, but that's the stuff that gets me excited. That's, come on, let's give God some praise. Because we don't know. What's doing. That's what gets me up in the morning. The, the, the fact that God can turn people's lives around and shift and change it. How many more people out there? Lives can we change? Because here's the thing, change lives, change lives. This gospel is powerful. That's why I'm not ashamed of it. And so as we go through this series, what I want to do is work through and just ask the question, what is the gospel? How can we share it? And maybe not just inspire you, but also equip you with some simple tools that maybe you've heard before, but again, will remind us of it so that we might share this love abroad in our hearts and share it to the world that lives may change. Amen. Was that all right? Yeah. Turn to the person next to you and say, he was amazing this morning. <laughs> that makes me feel better. You know, as we, before we go, I just want to let you know too, we've got a photo booth there with a sign saying, not ashamed. I, I, I want to encourage each one of you, just take a photo. We've got the beautiful Michelle there taking taking photos, just go there and, and I want you to just get that photo that says not a shame. We want to turn that into a, a graphic next week. I want to put as many photos as I can uh, just on here and, and square us out just to say, maybe it's just time to do that for your own life. Maybe you've been hiding away. Use that as a time to say, today, I'm not going to be ashamed anymore. Maybe you've been keeping it a bit quiet or on the lowdown. Maybe your friends don't know that you've made a commitment to Christ. Well, maybe today is the time to say, I'm not ashamed. I'm not ashamed. I'm not ashamed. Come on, somebody. Give God some glory.
So don't rush away. Make that happen. But before I close, I want to give everyone here an opportunity to receive Christ. If you're here today and you know that you've never given your life to God, you know that you've never said yes to Him. Right now, you could be like I was 30 years ago in a service just like this. Messed up, whatever, stuffed up, things not working out how you thought they would. In a moment, I want to give you an opportunity to respond to Christ. The Bible says He knocks on the door of our heart and if we would open that door, He will come in. He won't push His way in. We invite Him in. But you can sense right now He's calling you. He's calling you. The Bible says if we would confess with our mouths and, with our, and, and speak out and believe in our heart, we are saved. Friend, I want to give you an opportunity to say yes to Jesus today. You might say, well, Pastor, you don't know how bad I am. As I've said, friends, it's never about how bad you are, but about how good God is. When you give your life to God, He'll take your mess and make it His message. He will turn your life around as you submit yourself to Him. If that's you, and you know, yes, Pastor, that's me. I, I, I need to respond to Christ today. I need to say, I can sense Him calling me. Can I get you to bow your heads and close your eyes right across this auditorium? And if that's you and you're saying, Pastor, that's me, I'm going to count to three. And if you want to be included in that prayer, I want you to stick your hands straight up. And I, I do mean straight up. Last week, some people... In this service, they put their hand up, but I couldn't see it because they, they didn't put it straight up. I want This is that chance to be included in that prayer. If that's you, and you're saying, that, Pastor, include me in that prayer. I need to get my life right with God. You know it. You know your life's not right. When I count to three, just put your hands straight up in the air so we can pray and say a prayer and include you in that prayer. So one, God loves you. Two, the Bible says, For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, so that whomsoever believeth in Him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. If you know you need to be included in that prayer today to get right with God, three, put your hand up wherever you are, nice and high, so I can see it. Thank you. Nice and high. Anyone else? Thank you. In the middle there. Thank you down the back. Yeah. Anyone else? You know you need to get right with God here today. Anyone else? I, I don't want to close without giving people an opportunity. Amen. All right, thank you for those hands that went up. So right now, we're just going to pray this prayer, and everyone's going to pray it with, with us. Lord Jesus, I come to you today, not ashamed, a sinner in need of a Savior. Would you be my Lord? Forgive me of my sin. Wash me. Cleanse me by your Holy Spirit. Help me to follow you from this day forth all the days of my life that I might dwell in the house of the Lord forever. This I ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's put our hands together for those who said yes.